Good evening. Let's stand and begin worship. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, the light no darkness can overcome. Stay with us, Lord, for it is evening, and the day is almost over. Let your light scatter the darkness and illumine your church. Joyous light of glory of the immortal Father, heavenly, holy, blessed Jesus Christ, we have come to the setting of the sun, and we look to the evening light. We sing to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You are worthy of being praised with pure voices forever. O Son of God, O giver of life, the universe proclaims your glory. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who led your people Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Enlighten our darkness by the light of your Christ. May his word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. For you are merciful and you love your whole creation. And we, your creatures, glorify you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. You may be seated.
Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It's written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it's written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. You may be seated. So let's talk about the gospel reading. The Temptation of Jesus. This is the gospel reading for this past Sunday. When you look at the story of the temptation of Jesus, it's clear that it's uh, paralleling the story of the temptation of the first Adam in the Garden of Eden. Jesus is the second Adam, the new and better Adam, uh, 1 Corinthians 15 says. Like the first Adam who was brought into this world uh, at, the, at, the, at the first creation, uh, Jesus begins his ministry at the beginning of the new creation. In both cases, the Spirit of God hovers over the waters. In both cases, the Father speaks. And in both cases, there's an image of God that comes to be. Adam and Eve, they're given, uh, as the image of God, they're given the task of watching out over God's creation, ruling and reigning. Uh, they fail at that task, of course. They rebel against God. Jesus is given another shot at it. He is the new creation. He succeeds in that task because when he's tempted by Satan, he doesn't give in. You'll notice that the temptations of Satan are the same. The temptation uh, to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and the temptation um, to Jesus are, are basically uh, the same sort of temptations. This is encouraging in a way. If you're a batter and the pitcher is tipping his pitches, you definitely have an advantage. It's worthwhile asking what kind of temptations, does, how does Jesus tempt us? What kind of temptations does Jesus use? And then being ready for them because we kind of know what's coming. All too often as Christians, we're oblivious. Part of that is that we grow up kind of thinking of Satan as, you know, tempting us to do all these deep, depraved, evil things like go on murdering sprees. When actually Satan is uh, way more intelligent than that. He, he's way more subtle than that. We've seen that with Adam and Eve. We'll see that with Jesus tonight. So let's talk for a few minutes about temptation and how we can battle this temptation. We don't have time to look at this whole text. I just want to look at the third of the three temptations here in Matthew. In verse 8 and 9, again, the devil took, takes Jesus to a very high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. This is the, t the temptation I want to talk about tonight. This primal temptation is the devil saying, you can be like God. The devil says you can be like God. He says, look what he says at the end of verse uh, 8. He offers Jesus, he shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and offers them to Jesus. Here's what Satan says he can give you. 
all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. These two things. What's the kingdoms of the world? Well, power and authority. That's what the kingdoms are, ruling and reigning, being in charge. Also, he can give you glory. What is the glory of the kingdoms? You probably, the glory is kind of an interesting word. It's usually associate that with God and Jesus in the Bible. Here, it's the glory of these kingdoms. And no doubt, it's the kingdom's wealth, their beauty, their cultural value, the attractiveness of these kingdoms, the things that make, make kingdoms good and attractive. That's what their glory is. Satan doesn't tempt us to do evil thing. He just tempts us with the lie that there's an alternate path to power and glory, that you can get power. You actually need power. Don't you want to be like God? Now, he that worked on Adam and Eve, uh, he uses different language with us, but he basically says the same thing. Don't you want authority? Wouldn't everything be better if you could make your own choice? Wouldn't everything be better if you were in charge? And he offers us glory. He offers us attractiveness, beauty and culture, happiness, satisfaction outside of God. These two things always go together. I always think when I'm in any discussion group, whether it's, you know, Bible study or community group or discussing stuff with people, and it could be, it could be Bible, it could be theology, it could be sports, it could be history, it could be anything. I always, when I'm engaged in any sort of discussion like that, a group discussion, I'm always convinced, almost always convinced that I have something really interesting and good to say. And that if I say it, everybody will see, oh, that's the solution to the problem. Yes, now we understand it. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, what I want is power. I want authority. I want the ability, to, when I speak, people will say, oh, that's right. He is correct. He, again, Aaron is, Aaron is spitting truth. But I, I also want the glory. I want to know that whenever I talk in group sessions that People listen to me and people agree with me because I'm always, almost, right, almost always right. I wouldn't say always, but almost always right. And then people will know that I'm smart. And when they know that I'm smart and I can see that they know that I'm smart, it will affirm in my own mind that I'm smart. You see the two things that I want? I want the authority that when I speak, people agree with me and listen to me. And I also want the glory that comes with that, the prestige, the attractiveness of being the smart person in the room. I'm convinced that if I had more money, I would be better off because if I had more money, I would have a, a wider range of choices about where I could live. Right now, I'm, with the kind of money that I make, I'm stuck in a certain sort of neighborhood and a certain sort of home. And uh, maybe I would prefer to live in a city where the cost of living is higher and um, I don't have that. I don't have that option because I don't make the kind of money to live in a nice city. Maybe I wish I could get a bunch of acreage out in the country, but I don't have the money to get a bunch of acreage out in the country either. I don't have that authority, but I'm convinced if I did have the ability to choose, if I had the money, then I could choose where I could live, and then I could live in a spot that would be commensurate with the, with, with the, with the status of living that I think I deserve. I don't have right now, but if the world was a right and a correct place, I would definitely be living in a more upper class area than I am now, or in a nicer area than I am now. I think probably most of us feel like that. What I'm after is the kind of financial authority where I have the money that I can make choices for myself. Right now, I don't have that kind of authority because I don't have that kind of money. But if I had it, I could, I could make choices for myself. And if I could make the choices, then I would have glory. I, my, my standard of living would be higher. People would be more impressed when they pulled up to my nice house. 
than they are when they pull into my bumpy gravel driveway now. I want authority and I want glory. I wish that when I was attracted to somebody that I could be convinced that I could attract them back to me. I wish that I could do that. I wish that I had the ability that when I liked somebody, when I wanted somebody to be my friend or when I wanted somebody to like be attracted to me, that I could just, I, I could make that work. I could make that, I could make them be attractive to me. And then when they are this attractive person, once they are attractive to me, it will confirm in my own mind that I am attractive. I'm attractive enough to attract attractive people. And everybody else, when they see me with this attractive person, affirming that I'm attractive, they will know that I'm attractive too. You guys remember high school, right? This is the, what, what, what am I looking for? I'm looking for the kind of authority that says, when I want somebody to be attracted to me, I can make it happen. I can make it happen. But what I'm also wanting out of that is the glory of thinking in my head, being affirmed in my head that I'm an attractive person. I'm the kind of person that attracts attractive people. And everybody else knows that too. I want authority and I want glory. Now, it's okay to be attractive. It's okay to have the kind of money that allows you to make choices about where you're going to go on vacation this year or what kind of house you're going to live in or where you're going to send your kids to school and that sort of thing, what kind of car you're going to buy. It's okay to be able to say things that people agree with. That's fine. But the lie is is that authority and glory can be had outside of God, that that authority and glory can be mine. That's the primal lie that Adam and Eve fell for. Don't you want to be like God? Don't you want to know how good that is? It's the lie that Satan offers Jesus. I could give you kingdoms. I could give you glory. And you can do it outside. I could do it right now. I could do it outside. It's a lie, of course, right? I mean, we, we all know that. It's... it's it's transparent right off the page. Like We've been reading Daniel 7 on Sunday mornings. It's the ancient of days and the son of man at his right hand who has power and authority over all kingdoms. What's Satan doing? Does he believe that his own lie? Jesus doesn't believe, but Jesus is not going to confront him because Jesus is not interested in dealing with Satan at this point. He's interested in dealing with his lies. You see the trick, right? All these things are good. But the promise that we can have them outside of God is the primal lie. It's the primal lie. Okay, so how to fight this temptation because we all face it all the time. None of the examples that I gave you involved, you know, there's a person in your life that you really wish was gone and if you could just murder them, they would be gone. Satan's hardly ever gonna come to any of you type of people and try to tell you that lie. Instead, he's just gonna say, if you, just, if, if you could make, if you were the one making the choices, everybody would see that things run smooth. Authority and glory. We're always faced every day with those sorts of temptations. How are we going to fight them? Two things here. First of all, we've got to hide behind Jesus. This is the main thing. Hide behind Jesus. There's an amazing reference to this story, not frequently noticed in Philippians 2, 6 through 11. You guys know what this text says. If you can't call it to mind right now, if I just quote a first line, it'll instantly be in your head. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not think equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, made himself of no reputation, the KJV says, and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Well, this is actually a reference to this story. Jesus is God. But, Paul insists in Philippians 2, he did not think equality with God was worth grasping. If the primal sin in the Garden of Eden was Adam and Eve thinking that equality with God was worth grasping, 
to reach out and grab the fruit that would give you the, the, the promise that you can be like God. Jesus refused to do it. I, I know, you could say, well, he was God. It'd be very easy, God or not God, it'd be very easy right then to call down 10,000 angels and blow Satan up. He refused to consider equality with God something to be grasped, authority. He also emptied himself, or like I quoted you the King James Version, which is not a great translation, but it's a good interpretation of emptied himself. Made himself of no reputation. He gave up the glory. He gives up both to become a man. He gives up the authority and he gives up the glory. And because he does this, Paul insists, therefore, because he does this, God has highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And every time we'll confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Because he refused to bite the apple, he gets authority and glory. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Adam and Eve could have had that. Not that they weren't God. They weren't ever God. But they could have been the vice regents of the earth. They could have been God's image, ruling and reigning over all creation like they were called to do. They could have had the glory. They could have had the authority. But they gave it up because they wanted the authority and the glory. And by, by rejecting it, by dying on a cross, by losing the authority and glory, by saying, I will not grasp what is only rightfully God's, God gives him this authority and this glory, a name which is above every name. Jesus is, in other words, Jesus, unlike Adam, unlike Eve, unlike me and you, Jesus is the only person that's ever said to Satan, the only person who's ever said to God, thy will be done with the pure 100% intent. Nobody else has ever said that. We say it and we mean it, but there's always a little bit that we're holding back there. That will be done and there's part of you that's like, well, but I want it to be this. Jesus is the only person who's ever said to his father, thy will be done with a pure heart. Jesus is the only person who's ever said to Satan, no, I will not take the bait. You and I constantly give into it. You and I are constantly, as fallen humans, grasping after authority and glory. Jesus says no, but because of that, Jesus is the only one who's beaten Satan, which, that's the good news. This is why we hide behind Jesus, is because Satan is not indestructible. Somebody has actually beat him, and now Jesus is like the big brother on the schoolyard when the bully is beating everybody up. You know that if you hide behind the big brother, that you're indestructible, that there's no way the bully can beat the big brother. Hide behind Jesus. He's the only one who's won. He is the only new, true Adam. And so hide behind him. Go to Jesus. Second thing, these are related to. Believe the same gospel that Jesus did. Believe the same gospel that Jesus did. Look at how Jesus responds in verse 10. Satan promises him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory if he worships him. But Jesus says in verse 10, Be gone, Satan, for it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve, uh, quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Do you see what those two lines say? You shall worship the Lord your God. What is worship? Worship is, it's a, it's a word that just means worship. You shall worship. You will ascribe worth only to God. You will say that only God is worthy of the glory that all of us desperately want but can't have no matter how hard we grasp for it. That all of us want to believe when Satan lies and says, you can have glory, you can have pleasure, you can have fulfillment, you can be attractive, you can have relevance outside of God. We all want that and crave that. Only God deserves that though. Only God gets glory at the end of the day. Next line, and him only you shall serve. What does that mean? 
Well, that's authority language. Only God, we should, you and I don't get authority. Only God has authority. Only God has glory. You shall worship the Lord your God only. And only God has authority. And him only shall you serve. Only God's authority is real authority. Only God's glory is real glory. We can fake it. And that's what we do when Satan lies to us. We pretend like we're in charge. We pretend like we have glory. But only God's is real. Now, here's the good news. He shares this authority and glory with us. Jesus wins this authority and glory, Philippians 2, 6 through 11, precisely because he denies it here and he defeats Satan. When he goes to the cross, he wins this authority and glory. And now, for those of you who are in Jesus Christ, he shares that with you. He gives you authority and gives you glory. It's always his, though. It's never ours to be used for our own, for, for, for our own purposes. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching it myself right now. God gives authority and glory, but only to serve others, only to hand it away, only to choose not to use it. What does this mean practically? And I'll, I'll be done here. Hide behind Jesus, but the second thing, the practical thing is this. When you're tempted, tell yourself, tell yourself that I'm gonna believe the same gospel that Jesus believed. Look, every sin that you and I commit, it could be, thinking kind of a snarky thought about a spouse or a friend. It could be giving in to sexual desire outside of marriage. It could be, I don't know, trying to fill the hole in your heart with shopping or with food or with wine. It could be a, 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 a manipulative, passive-aggressive, sweet thing that you say to somebody else to try to let them know on the surface, I like you, but there's an undercurrent of here of I don't really want you around. It could be any one of those things. And when you're tempted to do that, tell yourself this. The only reason I want to do that is because I've stopped believing the gospel. It's because I think that if I have authority, that if I have glory, everything will be better. And I've stopped going to Jesus for his authority and his glory. And remind yourself that it's a lie. The gospel is the only thing that's true, ultimately capital T true. There's a lot of other stuff that's true, but it's only true because the gospel is true. And that because Jesus won the day for us from the cross and from the empty tomb, because Jesus said no to Satan, because Jesus is, is now the true and better Adam, we too have the power to believe the gospel and to turn away from temptation and follow Jesus. Please stand for the Magnificat.
in the imagination of their hearts. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant He spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was Peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Pastor Harrison and Pastor Shar for all pastors in Christ, for all servants of the church, and for all the people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For President Biden, for all public servants, for the government and those who protect us, that they may be upheld and strengthened in every good deed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who work to bring peace, justice, health, and protection in this and every place, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who bring offerings, those who do good works in this congregation, those who toil, those who sing, and all the people here present who await from the Lord great and abundant mercy, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For favorable weather, for an abundance of the fruits of the earth, and for peaceful times, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our deliverance from all affliction, wrath, danger, and need, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the faithful who have gone before us and are with Christ, let us give thanks to the Lord. Thanks be to God. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Rejoicing in the fellowship of all the saints, let us commend ourselves one another, and our whole life to Christ our Lord. To you, O Lord. O God, from whom come all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting His promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you and keep you. Amen. You may be thanks. Uh, downstairs there will be snacks afterwards. Second of all, I forgot to take up the offering, so if you want to uh, drop it off in the offering plate on your way out if you brought offering with you. That'd be great. Okay, let's sing.